GM friends, welcome to Web3 Bytes, a short but informative clip from one of our full podcast episodes. If you like this content, check out the full episode and don't forget to subscribe. It helps us grow, but it also makes sure that you don't miss another episode of the Web3 Academy podcast. Enjoy. What's the problem with airdrops that has led, in your view, to this rising meta, like points media, basically, is the best way I think I can put it where we're at right now. Yeah, it's hard to choose just one, but two of the biggest drivers are, one, the ability to directly influence the consumer user behaviors that align with business impact, growth, revenue, whatever those metrics are that the the business is uh, optimizing for. Super relevant quote with that in mind is the the Uniswap CEO, uh, Hayden, after the Uniswap airdrop said, there will never be another airdrop like this again. And what he meant is every airdrop from then out was going to be farmed to some degree. And by publishing these points programs, businesses are helping users understand exactly what they need to do to access points. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, associated with this kind of moving to, to number two, they're able to adjust those criteria and figure out what actually drives business impact prior to giving away all of the token or publishing immutable tokenomics on chain that then can't be modified to make sure that the token is driving growth yeah. in the future. The issue that we have with airdrops are... Uh, one, you you need to know tokenomics. You said it yourself. You you do an airdrop. You now are creating a immutable framework for your tokenomics. That I mean, I guess you could change it through governance and voting and whatnot. But we can't underestimate the challenge in developing tokenomics. It's very hard to do. Every time I ask somebody, like, tell me about a project that's done tokenomics well. They can point to a project, but then they're also like, and here's the issues, right? So I'm stealing this quote from you. You said it. You you told me, uh, I think last time we talked, that tokenomics are a social science. And so it's so, you know, malleable that that makes it very difficult, especially early on in a project. So so that's an issue with with airdrops. So so big regulatory concerns with airdrops, right? So and only growing regulatory concerns. Now, hopefully. Within the next few years, those regulatory concerns are finally addressed and we don't have to worry about it anymore. But right now, with so many regulatory concerns, there's been a lot of projects, particularly projects in the US, which is where I know you're located, that have shied away from an airdrop. And as a result, they might look to a points program instead because they don't have the regulatory issues. So those two, the ability, like I think what what we're saying here is a points program will allow you to delay tokenomics, not to say you can delay it forever, and to get around any regulatory issues. And I guess the other thing is that you can sort of avoid a lot of the on-chain complexities like gas. That, 100%. Um, right? What in your mind has led to this, like all of a sudden, it feels like, feels like the classic uh, crypto saying, was it gradually and then suddenly? Like yeah. that's where it feels like we are. Like points was so gradual, and then all of a sudden it's everywhere. A hundred percent. I I think 
I think we have to keep talking about both the issues in tandem at this point in the conversation. Yeah. The on the regulatory front, we could talk about ApeCoin for a second. They attempted to both reward ape community participation historically with their airdrop. And they endeavored to create a mechanism to create ongoing value for apes and mutants through staking. But ultimately, you know, the the math wasn't done right with, with an eye towards social science and stake rates such that the uh, the unstaked ape pool accrues roughly the same return as as the board ape and the mutant ape state pools. And so there's effectively no incentive relative to the token, at least for someone to stay in the community after they've received their airdrop. And that's a good example of something that that, that exact mechanism would have been a little bit challenging, but, but points enables them to test that, learn what stake rates actually look like, collect data from the community to improve the, the model. And then it's important to note that they're also a great example because on the regulatory side, they've been under major scrutiny just due to their level of brand in the space and have to be extra careful about not touching or adjusting tokenomics or really contributing to the DAO in any way post-launch. And so, you know, we'll, we'll talk about others today, like a blur that are operating in a much less regulated way. So it's not, it's not pervasive. It's not like regulatory is the only thing. It's regulatory and it's point slash token model lock-in that is prevented. Thank you for listening to Web3 Academy, your one trusted source to capitalize on the next big phase of the internet. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and subscribe or follow so that you don't miss the next one. While you're at it, there's a link in the description for our free newsletter where we provide timely and relevant Web3 insights so you can confidently build and invest in Web3. Make sure to subscribe today. One final note. This podcast is for educational purposes only and nothing we say is financial advice. Crypto and Web3 are risky and you should never invest more than you're willing to lose. Thank you, friends, and see you in the next one.